0: Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started.
1: Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. Welcome to episode 63 of the podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how the Holy Spirit helps us understand the Bible. And this is from the season 11, How to Read the Bible. Previous episodes, we've addressed the idea that the Bible is a difficult book to understand, but that it's also integral in our understanding, not only of God, but also in our understanding of ourselves. Um, And before we begin, I just want to let you guys know, in case you haven't heard already in the season, that this is becoming a video podcast series too, which means that there's video teachings that are going to be on our CKM website if you guys are interested in that, you can go to ckmresources.com, and you can receive updates on what are the different resources that we're going to give out and when they're going to come out, right, Clayton?
2: That's right. So is this a vodcast?
1: <laughs> vodcast. There's Video a podcast, podcast and there's a
2: vodcast. Do I know my phrases, James? Am I? Our technical crew is impressed with my prowess of, yes. the, of the language of technology.
1: But technically, it's not going to be a video on the podcast platform. It's going to be a video on our resource website.
2: Right. It's a video of a podcast. So Mm -hmm. it's a videocast, vodcast, (laughs) vcast.
1: And what that means is that, yeah, well, we're turning this into a video. So we're also videoing us. Recording this podcast right. and with the resource, not only will we have a video that goes along with it with uh, slides that pop up, they give you the significant quotes or points or verses, but also there's extra resources that are going to come along with it um, thing, a plan is what we're calling it, where Mm -hmm. you can receive something that's written down, extra stuff to read. There's also an extra video that you will receive. And so it's very interactive. We've started this new website, and we're super excited about it. Yeah, we
2: just want to offer helpful resources to you because we know that you're busy. We also know that you want to have a thriving relationship with God. Mm -hmm. You want to understand the Bible. And so uh, the podcast has been very successful What we wanted to do is capitalize off of the content that Mm -hmm. you've already created for your podcast so that it could be a resource you could use as an individual, maybe you and your family, you and your husband or your wife, even you and your youth group or your Sunday school class or your small group could use it and Mm -hmm. watch it and um, take advantage of all the hard work that Shari's already done and some of the things that she's learned, which is why the podcast exists, because you've done the hard work to learn some of this and now we're able to help. Um, disperse that to people Mm -hmm. who tune in.
1: Yeah. So let's move into our subject. Um, We're talking about how the Holy Spirit helps us understand, read the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just putting a slash there because I think that reading and understanding go hand in hand, but sometimes studying and understanding or studying and reading can be a little bit different. And I think that some, people, some people's churches' backgrounds actually talk about the Holy Spirit a lot, and then some other church backgrounds don't really address the Holy Spirit quite as much mm-hmm. in His role in our lives. And so we wanted to clarify a little bit to what the Holy Spirit does and does not do in our understanding of the Bible. Um, so when I was a new believer, I assumed that the Holy Spirit was kind of like a secret code God, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we all of a sudden receive this secret code. For now, when I read the Bible, and I read all the words in the Bible or the paragraphs or a verse, I'm automatically gonna understand it because I have this secret code that like entered into me. And when I read it now, I'm gonna know everything about it. But that Mm -hmm. didn't really happen.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it reminds me, if you're old enough to remember this, of the decoder magnifying glasses. Uh Um, I remember when I was a kid, if you collected... A certain number of proofs of purchase of cereal boxes. Mm-hmm. You could send those into post cereal. Mm-hmm. They would mail you a decoder magnifying glass that decoder magnifying glass would give you a secret message on the back of a cereal box. It also reminds me of the story of uh, A Christmas Story. Uh, you'll shoot your eye out. Mm-hmm. The oval team, mm-hmm. the whole entire subtext of the entire movie was him trying to get this secret message, and the secret message was oh, drink yeah. more oval team. Yeah. So I think a lot of us assume that the Holy Spirit is almost like this secret decoder magnifying glass. If you just have it and you hover over the pages of your Bible with Mm -hmm. this magnifying glass and you read it through the Holy Spirit, you'll get secret meanings. That's really not how it works. That's not how the Holy Spirit works, but the Holy Spirit is surprisingly the agent that God uses because the Holy Spirit is God to help a believer really discern application and certain meanings to scripture. That's a new concept for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I was in my 20s before the concept of the Holy Spirit being a helper to help, to assist me in learning the Bible before that concept became a reality to me. Mm-hmm. So if this is the first time you're hearing about it, we're really glad that we're able to help you start that uh, journey.
1: Did you have anybody specifically when you were young tell you what the role of the Holy Spirit was in reading your Bible?
2: The first guy that did that for me was a youth pastor named Tim. I was 15 when we first met. He was one of the first youth pastors to let me come and speak at his church. Mm -hmm. So I came from a Baptist and Presbyterian background. There wasn't a lot of conversation or even sermons or teaching about the Holy Spirit in those two contexts. But my grandfather was Pentecostal, so I did hear a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. but it was a traditional, what I would call an old-school Pentecostal sort of church that my grandfather went to. And so there wasn't much teaching about the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. There was a lot of yelling, there was a lot of shouting, (laughs) Um, uh, there was a lot of speaking in tongues, but not a lot of instruction about the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So Tim was a youth pastor at a a non-denominational church and he invested some time. I remember he took me to Quincy's Steakhouse. Now, we're, I'm digging deep here. I
1: know. Do, do Quincy's even exist? I don't
2: know if there's a single Quincy's left. Maybe there was Ryan's a, is still out I think, there. I think there's pride. definitely a few Ryan's mm-hmm. left. But there was a Quincy's Steakhouse in Malden, and Tim took me there. And he gave me a couple of books. He gave me Leonard Ravenhill, Why Revival? Terry's. He gave me a book by Smith Wigglesworth. And he started encouraging me to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help me study the Bible, Mm -hmm. which sounded so crazy to me because who needs the Holy Spirit to study the Bible? You just you read it and and then you just you know figure it out. Well, what I realized is the thing that helps you figure it out is the Holy Spirit. Mm So I'm really glad that Tim took me under his wing. Um, I was just a young man that was very excited and energized about Mm -hmm. the gospel, but it was a new concept for me. And then it wasn't until my 20s that I had some college professors that really helped me understand how the Holy Spirit interprets scripture for Mm -hmm. us and that he gives us understanding. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, and I know that this is something hopefully you could relate to, but it's almost like if you picked up um, a math book and inside that math book is um, calculus and you don't know how to do anything but addition and subtraction. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at a calculus equation, you've got to have some training. You've got to have some background. You've got to have some understanding mm-hmm. to get the context of how to do that. The foundation for calculus is ar- arithmetic you mm-hmm. know, it's addition and subtraction. So I think that the Holy Spirit gives us certain kinds of understanding, Mm -hmm. but the Holy Spirit isn't going to, and we'll talk about this in the podcast, Mm -hmm. there are certain things the Holy Spirit won't reveal to you magically. He's going to reveal those to you as you do the hard work of actually studying context, background, Mm -hmm. historical, geographical context. Mm -hmm. And that's some of what we'll talk about today in the podcast.
1: Yeah, I know. um, I've... I'm from a lot of different backgrounds too. I think when I went to a Lutheran and Presbyterian church, I don't even think I knew. I might have heard words like spirit and different prayers and stuff, but we certainly didn't talk about it. And I was too young to really understand it, even if they did. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I have an accurate memory of that. Um, but then I went to a Baptist church and the Holy Spirit was mentioned like in order to give him creds, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but talking about who He was and what He did and how He aids us in our faith, that wasn't really a subject that I completely understood. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I went to a more contemporary Baptist church and they introduced me into that just a tad. It was a little bit more of Holy Spirit coming into my learning process. Um, Then I went to a Church of God in Atlanta and that's when I started learning who the Holy Spirit was and why it's important for Him to, for us to integrate who he is into how we study, um, but I think in doing this podcast, I I've was a little bit nervous that when we talk about this, that people will think I'm diminishing the role of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. by. Um, saying what he does and doesn't do necessarily, but I'm not trying to diminish it. I'm trying to clarify. Right. And so um, one thing that I have heard um, a lot of times growing up is, and I've even thought it myself is, I don't need to study the context or the history or the commentaries or read Bible scholars because I have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And if I have the Holy Spirit, I just need to read the Bible and I'll understand it all. And I've... I've actually said that to people. Yeah, um, I've thought that in my head, but when I go back and I think about the motives behind why I said that, I realize I think in that moment I actually felt a little bit insecure about my Bible knowledge, and so when someone would start telling me I should study, I'd say I don't, I don't need to study. Mm-hmm. You know, it just felt like first it felt like too much. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to study. I don't know who to trust or mm-hmm. what to read or which commentary is good. Or, you know, I've been confused when I read the Bible sometimes. And so I think for me, it was just an easy answer to something that felt big and complicated.
2: Well, and it wasn't an, uh, an incorrect answer that you gave. So I think this is a good point we can make for the podcast episode today, is that when a new believer comes to faith in Christ, They absolutely can open up the Bible and read it and learn the Holy Holy Spirit's going to completely, totally, unequivocally show them who Jesus is. He's going to give them understanding. That understanding is going to be very basic at first because Mm -hmm. all new believers are basic. They have to understand the basics of the Christian Mm -hmm. faith and who Jesus is and what he did. I think that 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 advice you gave people, I've given it too. Just read the Bible. Um, When we talk to teenagers at events or new believers uh, at adult events where we speak, what we always want to encourage them to do is just read the Bible. Start there. Read a chapter a day. Start off in the book of Colossians or the book of James or something like that. You don't have to have a seminary degree to understand everything the Holy Spirit's going to teach you. But There comes a point, and this is where we're kind of diving in today, Mm -hmm. that you're not a new believer anymore. Mm -hmm. You've been a Christian for a couple of years or a couple of decades. Mm -hmm. So now it's time to give the Holy Spirit some room to expand your view of understanding. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing to be a new believer and ask the Holy Spirit to show you what um, the Gospel of John means Mm -hmm. when Jesus is casting out a demon or healing a, a paralytic. It's another thing to be a Christian for 20 years learn something new Mm -hmm. about what's going on in the city of Corinth. So when you read the book of 1 Corinthians, the Holy Spirit has more room to interpret more to you because you understand that Corinth was a Greek city, Mm -hmm. it was a port city, Mm -hmm. there was a cult there, there was a sex cult there, there were a thousand temple prostitutes, quote unquote there, that that was a song that they sang all around the Greek world, that Corinth was famous for its debauchery. And so that's some of the stuff that the Holy Spirit won't teach you. You've got to read that in a book mm-hmm. or you got to hear that from a professor or a mentor or a pastor. Right. You got to learn that from a source outside of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit still takes those sources and expands your view, your understanding of who God is. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really the, the fun part of, I think, growing in our faith, right, is that we yeah. learn more as we dig deeper into the context, and the Holy Spirit has more to work with.
1: Yeah, and I think what I was trying to say before is, I think my attitude behind saying, I don't need all of these other things, mm-hmm. I have the Holy Spirit, was maybe uh, it showed that I wasn't willing to receive Mm -hmm. maybe some other stuff from other people. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have my hands open to say what a scholar would say because I'm like, ooh, well, I'd just rather learn from the Holy Spirit. I don't need to learn from you, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think I had that attitude early on, and I think it came from a place of insecurity Mm -hmm. um, as to who do I trust. And so I think that that fear a lot of people probably have had, um, there's a quote And one of the books that I've read, it's called um, Introduction, uh, Introduction to Biblical Interpretation. And I love this quote. It says, The role of the Spirit in understanding God's word is indispensable. The Spirit convinces God's people of the truth of the biblical message and then convicts and enables them to live consistently with that truth. However, apart from extraordinarily rare and unusual circumstances, the Spirit does not inform readers of Scripture's meaning. That is, the Spirit helps... um, does not replace our need to interpret Bible passages according to the principles of language and communication. So mm-hmm. what they're saying, this quote is a little bit like what you're saying. The Holy Spirit's not going to define a word for us. Right. Or He's not going to, when we read about a location of a city, He's not going to magically like put in your mind... Um, a pen in the map of the world so that you know where that city is located. Right. Those are things that we have the responsibility of learning. And I think that it's healthy for us to do hard work to yeah. understand the Word of God because it, it we're doing a part of it. We're yeah. like adding into our spiritual development. And then the Holy Spirit stands beside and He says... Hey, by the way, did you know this verse actually kind of goes with this verse? And right. These ideas go together, and so I love how this verse says that it says that the Holy Spirit is indispensable, and He helps, He convicts, and enables us to live consistently with the truths that we learn.
2: Yeah, I love that quote. I love yeah. that quote because it's true. I love it because it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, here's an example of what of what you're you're talking about here, Shari, when you are reading the Bible and you see the word love in English. We have one word Mm -hmm. love and we use that word to describe how we feel about a meal, to describe Mm -hmm. how we feel about a football team, to describe how we feel about our favorite pop artist Mm -hmm. or our favorite country artist or our favorite hip hop artist. And we use that same word to describe how we feel about our wife, our husband, our kids, and God. Mm -hmm. I love God I love Beyonce. I love Chris Stapleton. I love chocolate ice cream. Like you see yeah. it, the limitations on that word. Okay. So let's talk about the Holy spirit for a second. This quote that you just read from the, from the book really helps us understand that the Holy spirit can give us understanding of what the word love means, mm-hmm. but the Holy spirit, unless you crack a book open or do a word search is not going to tell you that in the new Testament, there are three different words for love in mm-hmm. Greek phileo, agape, and eros. Mm -hmm. So you have to actually do the research to figure that out. which one is being used. Which one's being used in that particular context. Mm -hmm. And so that's just an example of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, So before we go into the break, I just want to say the rest of the podcast for me is going to be a lot of fun. This is a fun podcast because for me, when I think about I'm 34 years into my walk with Jesus now, this is an adventure for me. Mm -hmm. So the deeper I study... Uh, the meaning of a word. The deeper I dig into the context of a story, where Jesus meets a Samaritan woman, or, or Jesus is hanging between two criminals on the cross, I see so much more imagery there now, so much more meaning there now, because the adventure just keeps getting more interesting mm-hmm. for me. And so, part of that um, adventure and the excitement of that adventure is learning more about what words mean, learning more about. What context has taken place in those stories. And so, if we'll do the hard work, the fun work mm-hmm. of digging, researching, reading, and do, if we'll go that route, the Holy Spirit will meet us in every one of those moments of revelation yeah. and make the adventure even more fun as we keep moving forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree with you. So we're going to take a short break now. And when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit more about, um, the, the roles of the Holy spirit. I hate to like even say role. I don't want to put him in a box, but I do think that sometimes we don't understand, um, how he communicates with us through our learning of the Bible. So we're going to break this down a little bit deeper. Crossroads Summer Camp has been providing an exceptional summer camp experience to students and their leaders since 1996. Held in Anderson, South Carolina, Crossroads aims not only to be the most fun week of the summer, but our primary goal is to create an environment for each camper to be seen, known, and have a life-changing encounter with God. We bring in dynamic speakers, including Clayton and Shari, great worship leaders, and a huge selection of activities for any teenager in your student ministry. So head to CrossroadsSummerCamp.com to learn more and register your group. See you this summer! All right, Overcoming Monday listeners, welcome back to this podcast on how we're, t- we're talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in our understanding of the Bible. And this is from season 11, How to Read the Bible. My husband Clayton King is here with me today.
2: Hello, welcome back from the break.
1: Mm -hmm. So in this uh, section, we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that Western culture, our culture today, is so far removed from the culture when the Bible was written. Mm. And sometimes this causes us uh, disconnect with our understanding because in reality, culture changes so fast now, but even it was so different then the way that they lived, the languages that they spoke, the way that the society worked is just very different than our time today. And so this disconnect is one of the primary reasons that many people misinterpret scripture today. Yeah. And this is why I do believe that while the Holy Spirit does give us a lot of desire and can help us understand context, allows the Holy Spirit to help us understand even greater.
2: Yeah, that's right. So like one example of that, and I know we're going to dive into this now, but um, we as Westerners, meaning American, European, that, that's where probably most of our podcast listeners are. We are what you would call Westerners. So the East um, our ancient Near East is what we would say uh, Judaism and the history of the Jewish people is rooted in. For We can't understand some of the context of, of those kinds of stories. Jesus washes his disciples' feet on the night of his, before his crucifixion. So that's hard for a Westerner to understand because we wear shoes, we wear socks. Our feet can get smelly and, and dirty, and of course, we take a shower, we take a bath, we wash And our most feet. of the
1: time, we wear our shoes inside people's homes. The,
2: exactly. You, you, which you... is
1: very different than some of the Eastern cultures where you take your shoes off before you go in. Yeah. Or even La- Latino culture, right, James? Uh, sorry, James is from Mexico here. And yeah, he's I in know the studio I've, with us. Yep, I've been to some of these cultures where it's proper for you to take your shoes off before you go in because right. dirt and the nastiness of all the things that you walked in, they don't want it in their home.
2: Yeah, so so the context of that is Jesus at the night of the Last Supper uh, takes a towel, wraps it around his waist, takes a water basin, and goes to wash all 12 of his disciples' feet. Well, that for us th- seems a little gross. You're like, well, why would you be doing that? That's kind of nasty. I wouldn't just want to go wash people's feet because we would think of it as taking off their shoes, taking off their socks, and washing their feet like that. Well, in that context... Jesus is actually taking off their sandals. Um, If their sandals are even still on, their sandals may have already been taken off, but it was the, and this is where the breakdown comes. In Western culture, we don't understand what a servant's job was. Right, that was the
1: job of a servant. So
2: Jesus, who is the son of God, the creator of the universe, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, is making a huge, not just a cultural statement, but a kingdom statement Mm -hmm. by saying, I'm gonna show you what the kingdom of God is like I'm going to serve you like a servant. I'm going to get down on my knees. I'm going to take your dirty, filthy feet. Also, keep in mind, with his, the same hands, he's washing their feet. He is about to break bread with them at a table. Mm. So Jesus is breaking some cultural um, context down for us there to show us that you don't get dirty by, by what you touch and who you touch. Um the dirtiness is our sin and mm-hmm. sin comes from the inside, not the outside. Well comes and the other hurts. thing
1: to remember is that in that culture a lot of times when they ate, they were reclining Laying down laying on, on while the they were eating, they so, weren't sitting in the
2: chair like we do.
1: Right, so someone's feet could be very close to where you were eating. Yeah, exactly. And so, they, you, your feet, feet had to be clean. Yes, clean feet was much more important in that day because it's they didn't sit at tables and all the shoes are under the table and hidden mm-hmm. all the nastiness is away. But the table's clean; it was everything's all there together. So the cleaning of the feet was very important.
2: So that's kind of an example of what you know what you're talking about, Shari, about how the Holy Spirit helps us interpret the Bible. Um, he, he will help us apply that lesson. But if we don't hear someone teach us about the Last Supper, if we don't read it in a book or find it on a website or have a seminary professor or a pastor or someone that's already studied that and learned that, teach us that, then the Holy Spirit really can't reveal anything to us in that particular context mm-hmm anything new that we don't already know until right. we learn it from somewhere else. All of the wisdom does come from the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. but some of the wisdom that we're going to learn, we have to read it in a book.
1: Yeah. So some of the barriers that we might have to understanding the context or some of the things in the Bible would be distance of time. We've already mentioned that, mm-hmm. um, cultural distance, the fact that we don't live in the same culture, the same time period, geographical dis- distance. Mm-hmm. We've kind of mentioned that too. And distance of language. They right. spoke it completely different language than we did, which you've addressed in the fact that they had different words for love and we have one right? and they had many, you know, and so mm-hmm. very, very often when you look in the Bible or if you read a commentator, they'll say, you know, this word for, you know, this word for love is agape or this word for love in this sentence is eros. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the difference between the two. Well, that's not just with the word love. It's with many other words right. as well. And I'm thinking about the fact that, okay. So I am a a woman who's in ministry today. Um, When I was growing up, my mom went to IBM every day. She had to wear high heels, stockings, Mm. a skirt, a coat, a certain kind of shirt. And some, you know, some businesses have dress codes, but I remember the day that she came home and she said, they've decided that we don't have to wear hose anymore (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we don't have to wear skirts. And Uh it was... She just thought, I'm so free. (laughs) She loved it. But that wasn't that long ago when there were expectations that there aren't even today. So if I went to a church today and I wore a skirt without hose, there might be a few women that are like, what's wrong with her? (laughs) Why would she not? Why isn't she wearing pantyhose?
2: Yeah, there's historical context there. But
1: most people are not going to today, you know, younger Than our age are not going to say, Where are her stockings?
2: Exactly. Well, if you look at any picture made of large groups of men from the 1920s to about the 1950s, a large number of those men are smoking cigarettes. If you watch mm-hmm. movies, That were made back then. Men and women are smoking cigarettes. If you watch movies that are made today, but they're time pieced back in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, they're smoking cigarettes. At my church growing up in Simpsonville, South Carolina, every Sunday night after church, the men and the women would walk outside the church would stand on the porch or on the sidewalk in front. The women would circle up over here and talk. The men would circle up on another side and talk. And almost all the men would light up a cigarette. Mm -hmm. You don't see that anymore. Mm -hmm. Context matters. And so Mm -hmm. if you just look at a picture now in 2020 of men grouped up um, in the 1940s, they're all wearing hats. Most of them are wearing long sleeve white shirts with ties and most of them are smoking cigarettes. Well, that cultural moment has changed. So you need someone to give you an understanding. You need someone to say, oh, mm-hmm. that's the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That's the beauty of, of doing what you're talking about, Shari, of reading the Bible and reading it alongside commentaries, reading it alongside trusted voices that have done the research to say, hey, you may not understand what's going on here under the surface in Mm. Luke chapter 11. Let me help you. And that professor or that pastor or that podcaster or that, you know, favorite preacher that you like to listen to on the internet. um, That person is being used by the Holy Spirit to help give you understanding of context.
1: So the Holy Spirit isn't, it isn't just about listening to him and and hearing a whisper in your head, which, which very often um, I've heard God actually speak to me in that way. Mm -hmm. But most often I'm taught by people who have been walked walking with the Lord for a long time. Either they tell me something that they see in my life that needs correcting, or I tell them something that I need help with correcting, mm-hmm. you know? And so we have a conversation and I believe the Holy Spirit's leading that conversation. How is he leading it? He get, He's giving them wisdom to speak to me in a way that right. I can hear. And he's giving me the ability to hear it and want to change. Yeah. And so it's it's that action and desire behind it. In fact, I know. You are mentioning cigarettes. I remember when our kids were little, um, I don't know where they got this because we did not go home and say, people who smoke aren't Christians. We never taught them that. But I think that when we grow up, we have this, um, we have a uh, right and wrong, like we learn these rights and wrongs. Mm -hmm. And we just think, well, if someone does something wrong, they can't be a Christian. Mm -hmm. So we just make these assumptions. Well, our boys saw someone smoking one time. It was Jojo. I don't remember which one. They were like, yeah. Uh, Ooh, they can't be a Christian. <laughs> he's
2: smoking a cigarette. There's a guy that cut our grass. We pulled up oh, beside him right. at a red light, and he had he had tattoos on both mm-hmm. arms. It was summertime. He had the windows down. He was smoking a cigarette. And so we pulled up at the red light in Boiling Springs, and he looks over at me and he goes, Hey, Clayton. And I said, Well, hey, Joey, how you doing? And when we pulled off, JoJo says, That man is not a Christian. He has tattoos and yep. was smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Which is so And crazy. honestly, like we never, ever taught Joseph mm-hmm. that those things were incompatible with a yes. Christian. And I had I took that as an opportunity to tell him that doesn't mean he's not a Christian. So as a matter of fact, that guy was a Christian, yeah. and, and we got to teach him that. I think we all tend to kind of make up some of those make
1: up an assumption because our culture or the way that we live is different maybe than something that we see or right. read, and so that's what we have to be careful of. Um, some of the things that the Holy Spirit probably not going to re- reveal to you in the Bible is background info, so like the identity or background of a person or a nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so if a nation, if the Bible mentions a nation, but you don't know what this nation is or who they were ruled by or what's going on with that nation. Um, that's not something that the Bible may reveal to you. It may be something that you have to read in history or be taught, um, geography or location of a place. We've already talked talked about that. Vocabulary, the meaning of a word, and then history. This is very important. So when you read the Bible, it's the perspective. We have to remember the perspective of the the perspective. Sorry, of the Jewish nation. So there are many nations around the Jews yeah. that are interacting into this story with them so it's very important to know at different time periods why was egypt such a superpower and persia and babylon and all these people that come into the old testament why is it that they're interacting with the israelites so much and uh, one of the reasons for that is geography because israel was located in a place where you know when um, when Macedonia and um, and Egypt were fighting one another, Israel is like in the middle of that fight. It
2: was a land bridge. Yeah, it, they it were was a land. Ge- bridge. It was a geographical piece of property that connected north, south, east, and west. And
1: so they had valuable property sure for um, being able to get to the other nation fast. Yeah,
2: it was a, it was basically an interstate system. So if mm-hmm. you wanted to get to Egypt, you had to go through Israel. If you wanted to get to Iraq or Persia. Uh, you had to go through Israel. If you wanted to go north, yeah. you had to go through Israel, which is why it was such a valuable piece of land still to this day. It's yeah. a very, very valuable piece of land. So like you said, the Holy Spirit's not going to reveal that to you, but a map will.
1: Yeah, a map or somebody else who's been there points yeah. it out to you. So these are things that we have to learn.
2: So what is the Holy Spirit's job then? I see this in the notes. You have a really good quote here that I, I, that I think is so important about his job.
1: Right. Um, So it says that the Holy Spirit's job is not to teach us historical and cultural facts, but rather after we have done the hard work of understanding context to help us come up with a proper understanding and application for our lives, according according to the original meaning. Mm,
2: Yep. So a couple of notes here that you wrote. I think this is so important. The Holy Spirit's role is to convince us that the Bible is true. Mm -hmm. You know, that's very clear in my own life, my own story. When I read the Bible, I actually feel the Holy Spirit giving me peace about what I read, mm-hmm. convincing me that what I'm reading is trustworthy and I can put my faith in it. You also wrote here to give us the ability to apprehend not comprehend the meaning of what we are saying. So
1: apprehend means you listen, mm-hmm. you learn, but then you do.
2: Exactly. And
1: that theme goes throughout the the entirety of the Bible. So a covenant relationship with God meant that you agreed to love him and to obey him. The belief in the obeying went hand in hand.
2: Yeah. You learn by doing. Yes. And so there's a, there's a kind of knowledge that you gain by putting into practice what you read, Mm -hmm. like love your neighbor. Like you love yourself, forgive your enemies, uh, do good to those that persecute you. Well, it's these a
1: concept are, in your head until you start until you to actually, actually do it, mm-hmm. and then
2: when you do it, the Holy Spirit almost crystallizes it. It's all for me. It's all. It's almost like my faith is set in concrete
0: mm-hmm. when I
2: actually begin to do something that I'm reading in the Bible that I know I should do and then and then the other part of the the note that you wrote there was to lead us to conviction that enables the reader to embrace the meaning mm-hmm. and i think that's what you're talking about when you put it into practice you actually it goes from a concept to a conviction and that's a really important role of the holy spirit to take concepts off the page of the bible and to and to give them flesh and blood as a personal conviction mm-hmm. it's one thing to say I think racism is wrong and nobody should be a racist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's a great concept, but the con- if that's a real true conviction, then that means that me as a white 47 year old male need to be pursuing relationships with people who are different than me ethnically for the sake of the gospel, because they're made in the image of God. So concept conviction, there's a big jump there, mm-hmm. but the Holy spirit fills the gap.
1: Well, and living out what you've feel like you believe is a lot harder than saying it. Mm-hmm. So I think that we can have a belief that something is true, but living it out is the, ch- is so much more of a challenge. Yeah. So for us to say we're not racist, but then to a- aggressively pursue relationships of people of different ethnicities than us, mm-hmm. or even um, different social classes, I would say sometimes there's um, prejudice as far as like, different, um, you know, economic, socioeconomic status. Yeah. Yeah, status. So, and I think that that's something that maybe we don't see all the time is that mm-hmm. do, are we avoiding people? Are we really seeing people at uh, everyone as our neighbor?
2: Right. You know? And, and so when Jesus, the, here's how the Holy Spirit interprets scripture for us and helps us. We're reading in John chapter four, Jesus had to go through Samaria. Mm-hmm. And when he goes through Samaria, he meets a woman in the middle of the day at Jacob's well. Mm-hmm. Well, well, You can read that and have no understanding of the concept of the background as a new believer or as a believer that's been following Jesus for 30 or 40 years, and that's still a great story because Jesus reveals himself as Messiah to this woman. That's Mm -hmm. still a great story, and the Holy Spirit can show you things, but when you do a little bit of research and you get the background, the cultural context, all the things that you just mentioned that the Holy Spirit won't show us by by Mm -hmm. himself. he uses other tools to show us that. You realize Jesus was a Jew. She was a Samaritan. They didn't Jews like Jews hated other. <laughs> Samaritans. Samaritans hated Jews. It went back 150 years probably prior to that. You also realize that Jews would walk a big semicircle around the region of Samaria, which is in the middle of Israel, just so that the Jews wouldn't have to set foot on Samaritan soil. It was a 30-mile loop. It would add an extra day, day and a half to their travel. So when John says Jesus had to go through Samaria— no, he didn't. Jesus was supposed to avoid Samaria, but the reason why he had to go is because he was on a mission mm-hmm. to go reach this woman. Oh, and by the way, speaking of women, the first person Jesus ever revealed himself to fully as Messiah was the woman in Samaria mm-hmm. at the well, the mm-hmm. Samaritan woman. Mm-hmm. That's who Jesus first verbally said, The man who is speaking to you, I'm the Messiah you're waiting for. Mm-hmm. So you see all that other context that you learn from doing the hard work and digging in. Which the
1: Samaritans felt like the Jews had just kind of ostracized them as far as their faith faith from the beginning because they had started off as one Jewish Mm -hmm. nation. But when the Jews were exiled, the Samaritans stayed. And there's this whole big story behind it. But the Samaritans kind of felt like they were treated as the stepchild yeah. that had compromised and wasn't good enough. Yep. And so for Jesus to on, to reveal himself to a woman mm-hmm. who felt like she wasn't good enough for the Jewish people, that's a statement in and of itself. Yeah, it really is. And I think that it, how do we apply this today? Well, one thing to know is that the, Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit takes the things that we learn in the Bible and he helps to apply it to our life. Mm-hmm. He empowers us to live it out, to, to have the courage to do what it is that the Bible is telling us to do. Exactly. And so I, um, I was reading on Bible Hub and it was talking about the idea that the Holy Spirit impar- imparts us with the power we need to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, if you I just imagine it this way. Say you're driving down the street and you see someone who's homeless, which we often see in Anderson. They they'll pop, pop, um, they'll push their, their carts down the road. Right. All their belongings are in it, and so maybe the Holy Spirit says to me, "Go get that person a meal." Right. I might have all of these reasons why I shouldn't. Well you know i'm busy I'm i've got busy. somewhere to go
2: they might hurt me they
1: might hurt me mm-hmm. or i have a judgment about them because they're poor and live on the street that is untrue but yeah. i don't know it's untrue but the holy spirit is saying go minister to that person in some way yeah and so then i remember that god tells me to love every person equally that that's he this is a child of god this is his child and so if i'm his child i should also care about his this brother or sister of yeah. mine who is not in the circumstances that I'm in. Yeah. And so even though I might be afraid of all the things that could happen, I know I've done this before with Jojo in the car. He, um, There was a period of time where I think every person that we saw on the street, he wanted to go buy them food. Yeah. And so I tried to do it as often as I could when, when he was little. It, was, it just seemed like it happened so much when he was mm-hmm. about, I would say, seven years old. So we would go get Bojangles or we would go get something and I would get out of the car and I would give it to this person and I didn't know what was going to happen to me, but But I did feel like the Holy Spirit was leading me to do it. Mm -hmm. So I think that that is something that we need to keep in mind, that not only is it that action, but it's also transforming our belief systems inside our heads of, how do I see this person? Do Mm -hmm. I see them as a human? Do I see them as God's child? Or do I see them as someone who has wasted their life away and deserves what they get, you know? And so I think that that's the Holy Spirit allows us to take scripture and see people differently and to act differently than we normally would.
2: Yeah. Amen.
1: So to clarify, we're talking specifically about the Holy Spirit's, I want to, I'm saying job for lack of a better word, Mm -hmm. job, (laughs) um, in our understanding of scripture, there are a lot of things the Holy Spirit does, but we're just talking about how does he help us understand scripture? Um, one of those things is to help us understand Mm -hmm. the other is to help us to apply that understanding through obedience. Yeah. And then the third thing is he literally changes us into the image of Christ right. by shifting our moral character and our spiritual character into something that more reflects who God is.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great, a great thing to say clearly, mm-hmm. is that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to just give us knowledge when we mm-hmm. read Scripture. Mm-hmm. He wants to change us. He wants to change us literally from the inside out to make us in the image of Christ.
1: He takes the knowledge that we study and learn. He takes all of the hard work that we do in studying mm-hmm. and learning and he causes it to become alive and active through understanding obedience and character development.
2: And here's one other major difference between Western thought and Eastern thought. Western thought thinks that knowledge is simply knowing facts but mm-hmm. ancient Judaism um, would have never, ever thought that. It yeah, was belief always belief and action put, were together. Belief and action were the same thing. You put into practice what you learned. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one great passage of scripture that we could leave you with as we wind out uh, or come to the end of this episode is Romans 5 1 through 5. This is a perfect example of what Shari just said that the three main roles of the Holy Spirit in scripture is to give us understanding. Uh, to help us obey by putting into practice, and then to form our moral and spiritual character. Here's what Romans 5, 1 through 5 says. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction Produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us. But God's love has been poured out in our in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. So the way that we develop character is through the perseverance that we learn through persecutions, and the way that we are able to endure those persecutions is through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is there, Mm -hmm. actively involved in our day-to-day life as we read Scripture, as we study the Bible, as we go through the things in life that are hard. And He's developing in us a strong character, an endurance, a proven character that, according to Romans 5, produces hope. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit's not just trying to teach you facts, when you read the bible the holy spirit is trying to bring about the image of christ in you mm-hmm. by changing you that's that's the word that we use a lot transformation mm-hmm. a metamorphosis an absolute total change of of nature and desire and design
1: yeah and i know um it's it's so cool how god is god over all creation so he basically created psychology he created ecology he created biology he created mm-hmm. all these things he created hum- um what's that word humanities yes yeah, the, the humanities, humanities. yeah <laughs> so basically what i think is really neat about this is the holy spirit the lord knows that when we hear something we can believe it but when we actually try to apply it and do it we learn it mm-hmm. as a habit and it becomes part of who we are and so the Holy Spirit, so integral in that, He works in who we are as humans to teach us in a way that we can actually learn and absorb. It's actually very beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, in summary, today I'm hoping that this Overcoming Monday podcast with Clayton, my husband, hey, <laughs> and I on how to how to read the Bible is the season that we're in, but. Specifically, today we're talking about how the Holy Spirit helps us. And I will just and I would
2: just encourage you if you've listened to the podcast today, go back and listen again. We've given you a lot of content, mm-hmm. but um, to make sure you check out the notes. Like yeah. we, you work hard. Shari works hard on these. Um, I don't. I don't produce the notes. Shari does because it's your podcast, mm-hmm. honey. But this is some really good stuff that you've mm-hmm. really dug up. And it's there for your study. There are some live links you can click on. There's Mm -hmm. scripture that you can read. Pass this along to someone. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is kind of one of those aha moments for you where you've kind of hit a wall in reading the Bible, or maybe you haven't read the Bible in weeks, months, or even years. And you've wondered why it's so confusing or why it doesn't make sense or why it doesn't feel good. Maybe it's because you needed to realize the Holy Spirit was going to be right there to meet you. Mm-hmm. And now you can open up the Bible again and you can meet the Holy Spirit in that Bible reading time. And you can actually open up your heart and pray for the Holy Spirit to give you understanding and to open the eyes of your heart as you read scripture.
1: Yes. So we hope that you'll check out the CKM Resources.com. Is it we, dot .com, right. James? Okay. Yes. <laughs> um dot .com. You can go there, and this will be a plan in the future, a video teaching plan. Um, and we would love to have you be a part of that. We hope that today we've given you something to overcome your Monday and some little secrets for your big breakthrough in your Bible reading. We hope that we've given you some little secrets for your big breakthrough in your Bible reading,
0: and we will talk to you next time. We're thankful that you chose to listen to Overcoming Monday, a production of Clayton King Ministries. This podcast happens because of you, and there are three ways that you can help us reach even more people. One, be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ShariKing99. The second way is that you can also make a tax-deductible donation to Clayton King Ministries, a 501c3 nonprofit at ClaytonKing.com slash give. And third, of course, subscribe to our podcast. Get on your favorite podcast platform and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out Shari's amazing blog at sharikeen.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.